This is the Women's Protection and Empowerment Podcast, where we give space to talking about women and girls in humanitarian settings. I'm Christy Crabtree. Today, I'm so excited to have Kristen Kimbart here. Kristen is the Senior Director of the Gender Equality Unit at IRC. She's been with IRC since 2003, working in field programs and at headquarters, and now leads the brand new Gender Equality Unit. So no spoilers just yet. I'll let you hear it straight from Kristen. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, Christy. Glad to be here. So I thought we could start with the basics. The Gender Equality Unit is probably the newest unit at IRC. How did this come about? For those that have been around the IRC for a while, may have known for many years our women's protection and empowerment units and programs really worked with other sector programs, sometimes became involved or working in coordination with maybe our HR teams. And during our strategy refresh process a couple of years ago, what I think our senior leadership really heard from across the organization, from diverse country programs to different operational functions that people really were beginning to see a gap in the way that IRC worked and in the the programs that we deliver and a real call for looking at gender inequality writ large across the board. And so that was enshrined, a new commitment was enshrined in our current strategy document. And initially it was conceived that for the first two years, we would have uh, a gender equality initiative that really we spent that time trying to figure out what exactly does this commitment mean to an organization of this size and an organization that has a really strong history of doing the dedicated and focused programming for women and girls uh, in our women's protection empowerment programs. And one of the things that came quite clear early on was that this was not a two-year initiative, that the goals and ambitions that we have to really make changes internally within the way we work as an organization, but also really across all of our programs, was really a a long-term commitment and that that needed to be spearheaded by a new team and expertise within the organization. And so the Gender Equality Unit was born out of that development over a couple of years, and I came into this position spring of last year. So it's been almost a year that I've been in the position. So it's built off this IRC commitment to break down barriers. What would you say are the top two to three goals or priorities for the unit? We have actually four, so if I can add one <laughs> yeah, more absolutely. on that. One is really looking at our overall organizational culture and practice. I hear stories every day of staff in the field who feel like their voice is not valued or who feel that other staff are being given opportunities and uh, advancements that they're not given the chance for. And so the first priority area is, is looking at this nebulous area of our organizational culture and practice, and that's something that has been fused through all of the other three priorities. The second one is really focused on our workforce and really looking at our workforce management practices, how we recruit staff, how we retain staff in all the diverse locations that we operate, and ensuring that we are doing it in a way that 
recognizes the different needs and, and different perspectives of male and female staff and really working to ensure that we're doing our best to retain the top talent, to first attract and then retain the top talent. And so in that area, that means we're I'm working with our HR department to really review some of our current practices and policies. Are there different ways that we can attract female staff? Uh, in 2015, we did a gender opportunity analysis, and at that time, looking at our global workforce, there were about 37% female staff across the board. And so this priority area, we really strive to achieve much more balanced ratios of staff. Uh, the third priority area is in our security practices and really ensuring that as a humanitarian organization that's asking staff to go to some of the most insecure places in the world, that we're doing the very best that we can to make sure we're taking into account the different needs of male and female staff as they're on mission for the IRC. And so that means reviewing our current security plans and practices, building capacity within our security team to really think about gender diversity during the course of their security work and ensuring that whether in our office or in IRC provided housing in the field that we're really taking into account the specific security needs of female staff and how that might be different for male staff. So the fourth area is, of course, across all of our programming and really working to ensure that we're bringing an awareness about the differences between men and boys and women and girls in the communities that we work in and that we're designing all of our programs, whether it's education or water and sanitation or economic empowerment programming, in a way that really strives to achieve equal outcomes for men and women, and girls and boys. So those are really our four priority areas that we're working on. So the unit being less than a year old, what, what outcomes do you have to date? What we have is is we've been able to go as an organization, the conversation that I'm engaged in and every day and hopefully staff are beginning to hear as well, is we're going beyond that first stage of why. Why, why do we need this commitment? And I think we have progressed to a stage of, okay, how? What does it mean to strive for equal outcomes within our program areas? What does it mean to actually bring a gendered awareness to our security practice? Practices. I feel like that is an important outcome and part of our organizational change process that we're no longer justifying or rationalizing why we have this commitment and why it's important and more getting down to the grit and figuring out how exactly we achieve progress. I think another important outcome is my experience of having really true leadership support for this work. As you said, I've been at IRC for a long time. By establishing this as an organizational-wide commitment, really that has come from the top of this organization, has, I think, really opened a lot more doors and opportunities to really have a conversation with different leaders across the organization about what does this mean. I think that's also an important outcome. 
And then there's some more nuts and bolts. I have a team. Uh, I have two staff. One sits within the health unit and one sits within ERD and really working to support bringing gender lens and awareness to those technical units. I have a Jackie of all trades, Alita Gillis, that helps me work on all of the priorities across the team. And then we've just hired a new regional advisor that will sit within the Middle East regional team. And those positions are really designed to have some gender technical support physically closer to the country programs. And we hope to have at least two more of those regional gender advisor positions coming on board later on this fiscal year. So I have a team and we're starting to produce some resources. So we have just recently launched the gender analysis and program design toolkit, which is really intended to take any of our program staff and guide them through a process to conduct a gender analysis of their context and really understand what are the gender dynamics at play in the communities that they're working with and then how do they take that analysis and filter it into their program design or if they're midstream of the programs a review and incorporate that new analysis and understanding into their programming. So far a lot of structural or institutional impacts and also practical ones as well. So what would you say is on the horizon or what can we be on the lookout for? Two things to be on the lookout for are some continued work with our HR department and I've had a a really great partnership with our head of HR, Brian Johnson, and what we are working on right now is identifying what exactly we want to try and change. I have a new respect for the human resource function within this organization and really within all organizations, but there are a lot of moving parts within how we recruit and retain our staff, and it's a dynamic interplay of a lot of different factors that lead people to this organization and lead people to stay or to go. And so as trying to understand what are the most potentially impactful changes that we can make to really support female staff within this organization, we're working on identifying those and and the result of that will be some trials in our field programs. What happens if we do recruitment in, in different ways? What happens if we post job descriptions in different places? What happens if we scrub all identifying information off CVs and hiring managers just review CVs without knowing names or whether it's a male or female? What happens if we put a quota system in for shortlists and all say all shortlists of certain positions need to have equal numbers of male and female candidates? So there's a number of different things we can do within HR and we're in the process of identifying that. The other thing that I would say is on the horizon is in relation to safety and security. I think what we know about the issue of sexual harassment in the humanitarian industry, growing media and attention around that is is absolutely true within the organization as well. And there's somewhere between uh, 12 to 25% of the cases that are reported to the Ethics and Compliance Unit that relate to sexual harassment 
harassment or some gender-based abuses of power. And since the Ethics and Compliance Unit has come into formation last year, and we've been looking at that data with the support from the Leadership Board, there is a desire and plan to really elevate our messages around having a zero tolerance for sexual harassment. And so what hopefully people will begin hearing during the course of this year is different ways that the organization is talking about that policy and really encouraging staff who see something to report it safely, staff who have experienced an unfortunate incident of, of sexual harassment, again, to report that. And the Ethics and Compliance Unit and our leadership are really beginning to tune finally into some of the barriers that we know that exist for those reporting, for that reporting to happen. People fearing retaliation, being feared as being stigmatized, as not being able to cut it in the humanitarian world, and all of those same things. So we're really working to try and ensure that we not only have that policy of a zero tolerance, but that that's felt and really experienced within the organization. And you could go to any of our field offices and you could pick up that message in different ways. So how does the work of the Gender Equality Unit work in relation to the Violence Prevention and Response Unit? and the work of the Women's Protection Empowerment Program. So this is really about continuing the work and important programs that WPE does and hopefully lessening the burden from WPE programs who in the past have been doing a lot of attempts to mainstream attention to gender across other sectors and in fact as an organization actually defining that as an important function and resourcing it properly. So hopefully the experience in the field is recognition that WPE programs continue to provide targeted and specialized programs and then across all of our other program areas the gender equality commitment is really being implied and, and attention to gender equality integrated within other sectors and so it's the integration work that the gender equality team is really leading on. Just also to say that we're in the course of getting a page on RescueNet to be able to keep the wider IRC community updated on progress and what's happening and who's involved. So stay tuned for that page. Thanks, Kristen. Like any good superhero team, there's an origin story, a team has been assembled, and a foe to join forces against inequality. A really incredibly needed commitment, and I'm glad that IRC is taking it on as an institution, affecting the people we work with, and of course, also our staff. So thank you again. Thanks, Christy. This was fun. And we'll close with a WPE voice, sharing why they do this work. This is Midya Gaddo, Senior WP Manager from Iraq. WPE changed women and girls' lives. It simply makes them stop fearing society and step forward to change it. Being part of WPE means being in the front line of the equality movement. To me, WPE is the work that I implement my personal principles through it every day. Safety, voice, respect. Join the WPE movement.